Hello everyone, and welcome to the September 9th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Kyle Eubelhart with Floyd Scarin and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our weekly news. The Medical Board of California's Prescription Drug Strike Force arrested Dr. Duke Fisher at his San Jose office for allegedly prescribing controlled substances without a legitimate purpose. The arrest came after the board received information that Fisher would prescribe any medication the customer requested in exchange for cash. Multiple undercover operations were conducted confirming this information. Fisher prescribed controlled substances without a legitimate medical purpose and prescribed controlled substances to a customer who admitted to using heroin and methamphetamines. Fisher was charged with prescribing without a legitimate medical purpose and prescribing to an addict and excessive prescribing of drugs. Fisher has two offices, one in San Jose and one in Monterey, California. His bail was set at $64,000. Authorities also arrested Reading physician Dr. James Gregory White for prescribing drugs without a legitimate purpose, prescribing to a known addict, and excessive prescribing. White, along with his physician assistant Sherry Hoogelin, were arrested at his place of business in Reading, California. White and Hoogelin were charged with nine counts, including prescribing a controlled substance without a legitimate purpose, prescribing to a known addict, and excessive prescribing. After medical files were reviewed pursuant to a search warrant, the two were also accused of filing fraudulent claims. White's medical license was suspended back in May as a result of 18 discipline charges, including gross negligence and overprescribing painkilling drugs that led to death. White is a pain doctor who previously had his license revoked back in 2005, as well for issues surrounding his prescribing practices. And in other medical news, when it comes to reducing the cost of hospital care, a new report says a key factor is location, location, location. A patient who undergoes joint replacement surgery in ADA Oklahoma might receive a $5,300 hospital bill, but the same operation in Monterey Park, California would be $223,000. According to federal data, these were the average lowest and highest prices for one particular joint swapping procedure in the United States. They show how hospitals charge vastly different amounts for almost identical services a peculiarity of the American healthcare system that Stephen Brill wrote about this year in a Time cover story. Brill spent months investigating how hospitals calculate the bills. He says hospitals arbitrarily set prices based on a mysterious internal list known as Chargemaster. These prices vary from hospital to hospital and are often 10 times the actual cost of an item. Insurance companies and Medicare pay discounted prices but don't have enough leverage to bring fees down anywhere close to actual costs. The basic point that hospital pricing is opaque and often unfair is on target. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services seem to be on board with this assessment. After Brill's article appeared, the Centers disgorged a trove of information dealing with what hospitals charged and what Medicare actually paid for 100 common procedures in 2011. The data revealed not just major differences among the states, but local variations as well. The higher value hospitals are clumped in the center of the United States. Two of the best ranked ones hail from Arkansas, the Surgical Hospital in Little Rock and the Physician's Specialty Hospital in Fayetteville, followed by medical centers in Villarica, Georgia, Grinnell, Iowa, Paola, Kansas, 
Boise, Idaho, and Wichita. Some of the lowest ranked hospitals can be found in California locales like Portoville, Hemet, and Fresno. And Floridian burgs like Dade City, Fort Myers, and St. Petersburg. And in regulatory news, legislation once seeking major reform of the Medical Board of California was gutted and then passed by an assembly committee last week. The Medical Board is facing sunset review this year meaning it will cease to exist if lawmakers and the governor do not reauthorize it. Senate Bill 304 is a vehicle to make changes and unwind or reauthorize the agency. The initial bill included numerous provisions related to problems that emerged during sunset review of the board in 2012. The bill, as it is now written, extends the medical board's sunset date until January 1, 2018, but amendments approved last week eliminated a key enforcement reform that would have moved all staff investigating dangerous doctors to the California Department of Justice. The bill now moves investigative staff to the Division of Investigation in the California Department of Consumer Affairs, keeping enforcement split between the department and the medical board staff. The DWC issued a notice reminding claims administrators that a failure to provide a necessary interpreter at a medical treatment appointment may constitute an unlawful failure to provide medical treatment. This would occur where the lack of an interpreter's services prevents the exam from going forward or inhibits the worker's ability to communicate with the PTP. The DWC says that such conduct could also result in penalties and or sanctions against the claims administrator. The DWC notes that some claims administrators are not responding timely to requests for provisional certification of interpreters and not arranging for other interpreters to attend medical treatment appointments. As a result, some appointments are not going forward as scheduled. The Labor Code provides that workers who cannot communicate effectively are entitled to the services of a qualified interpreter at all medical treatment appointments. Qualified interpreters may be but are not required to be formally certified. They can be provisionally certified by agreement of the employer prior to providing interpreting services. Employers are not required to pay for the services of interpreters who are not formally or provisionally certified. Interpreters certified for medical treatment appointments or medical legal exams qualify through successfully passing the Certification Commission for Healthcare Interpreters exam or by passing the National Board of Certification for Medical Interpreters. Interpreter Services FAQs and information in recently approved Interpreter Services regulations are posted on the DWC's website. Christine Baker, Director of the Department of Industrial Relations, announced that Julian Sum will serve as the Acting Chief of Cal-OSHA. Sum will head of the Division of Occupational Safety and Health following the resignation of Ellen Wydes. Wydes expressed her appreciation of the men and women of the division and their commitment to ensuring workplace safety. She will continue as a special advisor to Director Baker. Julian Sum has worked for over 26 years helping workers understand and exercise their legal rights. She joined the DIR in May 2012 as a special advisor to Director Baker. Sum served as a project director with the Institute for Research on Labor and Employment at UC Berkeley from 1994 to 2012, and consulting attorney and industrial hygienist with the Labor Occupational Health Program. Her experience includes work 
as an associate attorney with Environmental Law Foundation and Industrial Hygienist and business representative with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Some earned a law degree with honors from UC Hastings College of Law, a Master of Science degree in Environmental Health Sciences from Harvard School of Public Health, and a Bachelor of Science degree in Biophysics from Brown University. The DWC Lean Fee Collection System for the Electronic Adjudication Management System has won a 2013 Digital Government Award Achievement Award. This award recognizes its use of innovative technolo technology to create efficiencies in California's workers' compensation system while implementing the reforms of Senate Bill 863. DWC Acting Director Dusty Overpeg said that allowing the public to access critical services without inconvenience continues to be one of our main goals. The award was presented by the Center for Digital Government, a national research and advisory institute on information technology policies and best practices in state and local government. The DIR was honored in the Driving Digital Government State Government category for its outstanding implementation of one of the directives in Senate Bill 863. Among the changes Senate Bill 863 made to California's workers' compensation system was regarding the filing of liens. Senate Bill 863 mandated a fee for certain liens filed after January 1, 2013, and specified that these must be paid electronically. DWC and DIR's Office of Information Services added functionality to the EAMS Public Information Search tool, allowing lien filers to file liens and pay fees in one integrated process. EAMS was developed in 2008 as a seamless case management process for different but interrelated units of workers' compensation system. EAMS also allows external users to file documents over the web and compiles information that helps move cases through the workers' compensation court system without delay. And in other news, the behavior of city council members of the city of Calexico has put the city in some hot water with the California Joint Powers Insurance Authority, which issued the city a warning letter earlier this year. The California Joint Powers Insurance Authority is an organization that provides members with coverage such as liability protection, a workers' compensation program, property insurance program, and much more. In a warning letter to the city manager, the JPIA Assistant Executive Officer said that members of the city council may be inserting themselves into interactive process for workers' compensation claims, which is inconsistent with good governance. The California JPIA periodically reviews members' risk management practices as part of the authority's loss control action plan program. The city was evaluated in 2009 and the action plan was presented in 2010. However, the warning letter said that the city has made very little effort in reducing the number of action items. The city and the California JPIA is moving ahead to work more closely to address these concerns. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news, updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Kyle Eubelhart with Floyd Scarn and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to drop by again next week for more news.